problems and something attacking you as long as you have support when something's pushing at you something's pushing you back forward and saying hey no stand up i'm gonna hold you up i'm here to support you i'm here like it says here he sent from above he took me he took me he drew me out of many waters he's helping i'd rather have god as a helper than not have god as a helper in the same problem i don't know how unbelievers do it see if i'm doing god's will it's awesome to know that i'm not doing it alone If I'm doing God's will, I'm not alone in this. God's doing it with me. He's my support. God is your support. In today's message from Pastor Mark, he teaches that God is a God who helps you. When you receive the Lord as your Savior, you are no longer fighting your battles by yourself. God is now with you, helping you to defeat the giants within your life. Unbelievers are constantly striving to do everything on their own. However, those who have Christ always have a helper who will support them. You never have to feel like you're alone when you have Christ. He is always there to help you in your time of need. When you're pursuing God's will, He is there to help you accomplish it. You're not alone. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22 for today's edition of Come Alive. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's okay if they want to go get an ice cream, but it'd be better if they just asked because that's what we ask them to do. And I want to hear them ask. I want them to come in there. Not that it's wrong to have the ice cream, but we try to teach them. If you just ask instead of picking up my iPhone and disappearing with it, if you just ask, I'd probably say yes. But now that you just assume... So I love to hear from my kids when they ask. I give them permission. That way, if anything goes wrong, it falls back on me, not on them. And so God says, hey, you know, I just want to hear from you. Because God works by faith. He chooses to use prayer as a process for the answers. Many times we don't have because we don't act by faith and and through that action of prayer. So my God saves, number one. Uh, Number two, my God hears. Well, what else does he do? Well, let's look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and he came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub, a cherub is just a mighty angel, and flew. And he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness, canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. And from the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. And then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. And so here, David's God saves, David's God hears, and now we see that David's God speaks. David's God speaks. How does God speak? Well, sometimes he speaks through creation. He speaks through creation. You ever see a beautiful sunset that might invoke something, some praise for you? And he says, hey, I just want you to praise me. So look, I'm going to give you this wonderful sunset or sunrise or a landscape that's just amazing. And sometimes he speaks through that creation. And we talked earlier about like how an evolutionist, you know, it just doesn't seem to work because how he speaks through his creation. When you look at that, I mean, you have to think, why do we have taste buds? 
I mean, if it's just evolution says it's just for survival. Okay, if it's just for survival, why do we need to taste what we're eating? It just needs to get into our stomach. Uh, they do that with patients in the hospital that just need to survive. They throw a, a tube into their stomach and they feed them. They don't have to taste it, but it, it gives them enough nourishment to live. Or, or maybe why does the eye see colors? You ever think of that? You know, I mean, if a lion was chasing you, do you need to know what color it is? Or if a tiger's coming after you, do you need to see its stripes? Who cares? It's trying to eat you. You don't need to identify it. You just know it's dangerous. If we saw in black and white, I think we would still make it if evolution were true. And then when you think about it, the thought if if the earth is one foot closer uh, to the sun or one foot farther away from the sun, the chaos that that would happen. Is it chance that a mom and a dad love that little baby, their sons and daughters, whereas you see it out in the wild all the time. A mother will take care of that other little baby, but the dad really doesn't. He's gone. He takes off. Certain species stick around to help the survival of that species, but that's because God created them that way. They really don't have love. And so is it chance that a parent's willing to die for their children? How is that chance? But he doesn't just speak through his creation, he also speaks through his word. You know, oftentimes I hear people say, you know, I need a word from God. Okay, cool. Here's 800,000 of them. Pick one. Pick a sentence, a phrase, a book, a chapter, whatever you need. Just take one of them. Do whatever you need. In Albuquerque, we used to go out and we'd witness the gangs on the street, street gangs. And one time I I went and these guys had this really cool lowrider. And I I remember going, I was like, man, they're going to kill me. And, you know, I grew up, and, and some of you may know that I, I was involved in gangs when I was a young kid. And so I went out there, and I was like, man, I'm going to be a dead man. I'm just going to be a dead guy. And so I went out there one day, and I was looking at these low riders, and these guys were hanging out. And I said, hey, man, can I check out the inside of your car? And this guy was all proud. He's like, yeah, bro, come take a look. And I was looking in there. I'm like, man, this is nice. He goes, we're about to go cruising. You want to ride? And I'm like, sure. And I was just like, what am I doing? I'm going to get in this car. These guys, I don't know. They're probably like, hey, we got us a white guy. and We're going to go kill him down in the valley, and it's no more. And so I remember sitting there, and they were like, hey, man, do you smoke pot? And I said, no, I don't do any of that. And they're like, what are you doing down here? And I was like, well, I came down here to, to just, you know, witness, to, to share Jesus Christ with you guys. And just not you, but just anyone. And so I guess you guys are it because I'm stuck in this car with you. It was a really cool car. It was a low rider, and he had a bouncing and flipping the switches and all that stuff. And we were just cruising down Central Avenue in Albuquerque. And I, I pull out a Bible, and the guy sitting next to me took it and threw it up in the front. He goes, oh, we don't need none of that. And so I pulled out another little Bible, and the guy goes, man, you're loaded. I said, yeah. And I said, hey, um, you guys are smoking weed, huh? And he's like, yeah. And I go, you guys want to do a line? And the guy goes, do a line? Yeah, of course we want to do a line. I go, cool, man, let me share John 3.16 with you. I'll give you a line. And so the guy was just like, no way. And me and those guys got to be pretty good friends, and I would see them. When they, especially when they were running from the cops, they would all of a sudden become homeless, You know, a lot of people don't know that. The police are looking for people all the time, and they're looking for different houses. Well, these guys would just go out onto the streets and become homeless people and live like homeless people because the police officers in Albuquerque wouldn't mess with some of these guys in the parks, and they just see them rolled up. like, oh, it's just another homeless guy. we got to go look at these gang houses for these rough and tough dudes, and they're out there hanging out on the streets. And so here, you know, again, he speaks through his word. And, And so I'd witness to these guys, and they would listen. It was amazing what God's word can do. And so there are 800,000 words in your Bible. You can pick one, pick a page. In Psalm 27, 7, it says, Hear, O Lord, I cry with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. And here's the good part, because it says this. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face I will seek, Lord. So David says, yeah, you know, 
you told me to seek your face, so I, 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 in obedience, will look to you. I will be obedient to that. And through circumstances and situations, sometimes God speaks. He's saying, hey, bro, seek my face. Look to me for an answer or, or, or some help. In this world, you're going to have troubles, and I'm going to allow you to go through them so you can grow through them. Well, we don't like troubles. We're always trying to get out, but hey, you know, life happens, and he wants us to grow through those troubles. And so he's going to go through those things with us. God will go through those troubles and those trials and those tribulations with us, but too often we don't seek God's face. When God said, David, come here, David said, your face I will seek, Lord. He listened. He obeyed. I'll be there, God. So God saves. God speaks, and then God supports. Number four, if you're taking notes, God supports. Look at verse 17. It says, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Second Chronicles 16, 9. If, you, if you're taking note, you can write that down. You don't have to turn there. It says, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Whose heart is completely his. He's going to support those who are his children, who, who our hearts, when we give our hearts completely over to him, not to anything else, but only to him, he will support us. He will support us in those tough times. Now, when this was written, it was given to King Asa as a rebuke. It was given to him because Asa had turned to man instead of God. And that same verse ends this way. You have acted foolishly in this indeed. From now on, you will surely have war. So, hey, because you decided to look to outside sources instead of to looking to me is what God's saying, you're surely going to have problems. You're going to have wars. You're going to have battles. You're not going to have rest. You're not going to have that comfort you're desiring, that pleasure you're looking for. You're going to have nothing but turmoil. And so God wants to support Asa, the king, but if he's not supporting God, if he's not supporting God, then what God requires is a godly lifestyle. That's what God wants is a godly lifestyle. Not, not living for his kingdom is not good. Turning to other things, then of course you're going to struggle and war against whatever it is attacking you. Now, yeah, we're always going to have problems, but wouldn't it be better to have problems and something attacking you as long as you have support when something's pushing at you, something's pushing you back forward and saying, hey, no, stand up. I'm going to hold you up. I'm here to support you. I'm here like it says here. He sent from above. He took me. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He's helping. I'd rather have God as a helper than not have God as a helper in the same problem. I don't know how unbelievers do it. See, if I'm doing God's will, it's awesome to know that I'm not doing it alone. If I'm doing God's will, I'm not alone in this. God's doing it with me. He's my support. Look at verse 21. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God, for all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyes. And you might think, okay, well, wait a minute. Who, who wrote that part? Because if you remember a few chapters back, Bathsheba, David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And, and, and then he murders her husband. And, and then guess what happens? He, he's quiet through the rape. He ignores a rape. And, and, and then he doesn't speak to his son. So what is he saying here? It might seem if, as if he's lying or you might be, Well, here's that contradiction. It's not a contradiction. 
Part of it is some people say this was written when you think about being delivered from his enemies and Saul. This is before the Bathsheba incident. But what I like to think is that if you're taking note, David's God forgives. David's God has forgiven him. And see, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to pen this. And what does the Holy Spirit say about David's sinful state? Well, if David has repented, completely repented, turned his back on all those things. And we saw a few chapters ago that he had done that when he took all the concubines and he put them away. He's completely repented. But repent means you just turn away from that. Everything that has to do with that sin that you've done, you just turn your back on it and you walk away. You drop it like a hot rock. And so he's truly repented is what this is saying. So David's God forgives. Well, we as humans, we blow it. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. We may say hurtful things or do things that can injure ourselves and injure other people and really cause a lot of deep hurt and scars. But we can mess some stuff up. And David says, I've messed some stuff up. But you, O Lord, you forgave me. You're a forgiving God. That's what Jesus came to die on the cross for is our sins. I mean, why would God send his only son to die for us if it wasn't for, for forgiveness, for, for us to have a whole new life? The old man is dead. The new man lives. We're new creations. So what God forgives, he sort of forgets. Now, not that he really forgets like he doesn't ever remember it. He just puts it aside and says, I'm not going to bring this up. I don't have to revisit this with you. It's in a sense, it's, it's starting over. This morning we were talking about in a marriage book, Strengthening Your Marriage with the Leadership. And somebody said, you know, sometimes people, they may not get hysterical, but they get historical because they bring up the past all the time. Well, you did this a long time ago, and you did this, and well, you did this. That's foolish when people do that because that's, it's just arguing for things that you can't change. And so God says, hey, I'm not going to bring that up. I'm going to forget it. I'm going to just kind of, in a sense, set it aside, and then you can start over. It's a cleansing process. So here's how we get clean. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and restore us to righteousness, to restore us to righteousness. That's this type of righteousness that we see right here is this righteousness. God has the power to forgive and you're brought back into a right relationship with God. Now, if you don't repent and you refuse to turn from that, then that's not righteousness. So number one, God, David's God saves. Number two, David's God speaks. Number three, David's God hears. Number four, David's God supports. Number five, David's God forgives. And number nine, and you guys are thinking, what? Number nine. Yeah, number nine is what we're going to go to next because from verse 26 through 46, that's your homework. Now you might say, well, hold on. I need words for each of these. I need three more words, Mark. And for each of these paragraphs, well, good. You need to study it. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. I did my study. I gave you five. I'm just asking. I'm actually giving you six. I'm giving you six. You just need to produce three. So you can come up with three, do your homework, and that's basically just have fun with it. So I need to study. You're big boys and girls. You need to study. So have fun with it. That's basically what David did. He gets delivered, and he thought about what God had done for him, and so he wrote this song to God. So here's my number nine, verse 47. Verse 47 says, The Lord lives, blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. So here he goes, going back to the rock. And he he mentions it in one verse twice. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and I'll sing praises to your name. He is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore.
And so number nine is David's God lives. God lives. He's not a dead God. God wants us to know that he is God, that he is there for you. He's alive. And that's why prayer, and he wants to hear from me. What dead thing wants to hear from you? You know, I had a dog die one time, and no matter how often I called that dog, and even though I buried him in the backyard, that dog never climbed out of that pile of dirt and ran to me. He was dead. He couldn't hear me anymore. So dead things don't hear, but God, he hears. Because God lives, you can live. You don't have to just exist, but really live. I think a lot of times we as Christians just think, oh, I can't do this, and I can't. No, it's not about what you can do. It's about what you can do, the freedom that you now have the freedom that you have to go and share the hope that's inside of you because he forgives and he forgives us so that we don't have to feel as if, well, the problem that we've gotten ourselves into or the problem that's really not our fault, he just wants to wash it away. And because he lives, he wants to do that. So when something is alive, it moves, it breathes, it's active. And God is someone who is alive. He wants us to live. Are we really living Uh, When you really think about it, are we really living? Are we living for God? Uh, The world outside just exists. And when you think about it, it does. It just exists. It's like, you know, you've heard the phrase living from paycheck to paycheck. Well, if you're that Christian, you're living paycheck to paycheck, then guess what? When you're a Christian, you have God and you live from paycheck to paycheck. It's an adventure, man. I mean, I mean, you're on your knees, you're praying, you're looking to him for, for provision, and he provides. It's amazing to see that. We, we were having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they were saying, some people were talking about how, God, you know, every now and then they'll pray, and they're like, Lord, we need this, and this is, if this is your will, amen. And then all of a sudden this shows up, and then this other guy was like listening to the conversation, and he was laughing. He goes, dude, every week it seems like the Lord provides something cool, whether it be money and a check or some, some kind of meal or whatever, the Lord provides. And you know what? He can use you, the, the natural, to, to do the supernatural, you might be able to provide for somebody. And so the world outside just exists. It just exists. I mean, those guys out there, I remember in my BC days before Christ, I remember driving down the road going, man, this really stinks. I mean, if this is all there is for me to get up every morning to go to work, just so I can make enough money so I can get up tomorrow and go back to work and do the same old dull, hated thing I did, there's got to be more to life than this. And there are a lot of people out there that ask that question. There's got to be more to life than this. Well, there is. There is. There's a, there's a life beyond this earth. And this is as close to hell as we'll ever get. And as somebody said, not until you minister to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, but hey, man, go for it. See, as you go to your job, are you a promotable person? When you wake up in the morning, are you like, man, this, this is horrible. I hate waking up in the morning. If you're a Christian and that's your attitude, then, then you need to get right with God. There's something wrong in that God relationship. If you hate it. Now, there's nothing wrong with not liking your job, but hey, you know what? Ask God to change your attitude and say, hey, Lord, you know what? Am I a promotable person? Am I working like a promotable person? Well, I don't agree with everything that they do. Well, okay. Is it against what God believes? If it is, then, then maybe you need to change jobs. Oh, no, I can't do that because then, then I won't have enough money. Then now you're depending on somebody to provide money for you instead of God. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, so what do I do? Well, you can either change your attitude, get up in the morning and actually like it. How do you do that? Knowing that you got an awesome God that's standing there waiting, going, hey, man, I'm here. Let's have some time together. Let's have some intimate time. Let me show you. Let me speak to you in, in my word. Uh, let me speak to you through creation. Let me speak to you through maybe some non-believer today at a coffee shop. Let me speak to you. I don't know. That's still small voice. But are you able to hear me? See, where, where you, you know you'll see God. 
Put yourself in that place where you know you're going to see God at work in and around you. And sometimes it just means for us to step back and take a look around and say, hey, look, there's, God's working over there. God's working over there. God's working in your lives. That's what I love about Sundays is hearing all the stories when people come in. Dude, you got to hear what God did this week. Or I get a phone call. Dude, you're not going to believe this. Or, or, or you hear somebody on, on a radio program that's teaching a message and they're like, here's how God worked in this place. It's awesome to hear that. I can't wait to get up. I love getting up early. Some people think I'm crazy for liking to get up about 4 or 4.30 in the morning. I mean, if I sleep later than that, I feel like I miss something. Now, sometimes it's like, man, I really love this sleep. But then I get up and I'm like, man, I wish I'd have woke up early because I think I missed something between 4 and 7. I know I did. And, and I walk around just kind of being like, man, there's got to be more to this. I got to do something. So I just pray, Lord, help me out. Help me out. And so are you going to your job as a promotable person seeking to better and be better at what you do, not just for a raise, but to glorify God. See, my God lives. David's God lives. Your God lives. And I sometimes wonder why I need to tell people that. See, he saves, he hears, he speaks, he supports, and he forgives, and he lives. He he does all of that. David praises his God. Do you and can you? Can you praise your God right now? Think about your past week. It might have been rough. It might have been tough. But can you praise him in those situations when, when things are breaking down around you? If you can, then you got an awesome God and you got a good outlook because it's based off of your uplook. So praise God for what's going on in your life. And you, if you need help doing that and, and you're like, okay, well, tell us where to go. Mark, tell us where to go. I, I need help because I've had a rough week. Okay, Second Samuel chapter 22, read it over. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my strength and whom I will trust. My shield. You know what a shield is? right? Somebody's throwing rocks at you. You don't pick up a kid. You pick up a shield unless the kid's going to be the shield, but that'd be really rude. Hey, you pick up something to protect yourself from it. It says, hey, stand by. He's saying, stand behind me. I'll stand in front of you. And other places we see is the Lord is our banner. Uh, When an army went out to war, they'd carry their banner, their flag that they fought under. Hey, we're going to fight for God. Are we as Christians fighting for God? He's fighting for us. You know that? He, He defeated Satan for you and I. And sometimes we just sit back and we're like, oh, that's all right, Lord. I'll just sit this one out. Uh, Yeah, I got this armor. It's brand new. It still looks new. It's like, hey, we're the suit up. That armor needs to be kinked up, dented up, chinked up, everything. It needs to be tore up. Because, I mean, how do you tell if a guy's out in a battle? Because he's, he's been shot at. He's a little messy. He's a little dirty. So can you praise God in the things that he's given you and allowed you to go through this week or this next week? And if you need a word from him... 800,000. Every time we create a new edition of Come Alive, we have the privilege of sharing the Word of God with you, our valued listener. Have you been touched by the Spirit as you've listened today? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a quick email at info at comealiveradio.com. We'd love to meet you, too. If you're in the Katy area, come join us for our Sunday morning service at Calvary Chapel Katy. We meet at 10 a.m. to dig into the Word with Pastor Mark, worship our loving and powerful Creator, and get to know each other better. You can find out more about us at comealiveradio.com. Before we go, Tracy wants to tell you how you can partner with us here at Come Alive. Thanks, Chris. Each edition of Come Alive that you hear has been professionally produced to minimize any distractions from the message of hope only God can bring. 
While we offer this program for free to our listeners, there are costs involved on our end. Would you pray about joining us as financial supporters of Come Alive? Any and all amounts are useful and so appreciated. Find out more at comealiveradio.com or you can text a donation to Calvary Katie at 77977. That's 77977. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Thanks, Tracy. We're so glad you joined us today. Pastor Mark will have more to share from this study in the book of 2 Samuel. So join us again for Come Alive. Come Alive. 